1: Learn the backstories of your favorite ballers and celebrities
2: like Jamal Murray. Did you have like a favorite team? Was it the Raptors at the time or no? Was the Raptors even started around that time? Come on, bro.
0: I ain't that old, fam. <laughs>
2: You're talking like I'm fifty.
0: Taylor
1: Rooks, Asia Wilson, and many more. You won't want to miss this. Listen to the Do Zone with Drewski on Apple
2: Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. What up, listener? We wanted to take a second to thank you for listening to this Blue Wire podcast. Be sure to show your support to this pod by subscribing and dropping a five star review on iTunes, a follow on Spotify, or the appropriate dap for any other platform you might be listening on. And if you're enjoying this show, chances are you'll like one of our 75 other sports podcasts. Find more shows you'll love at BlueWirePods.com. Thanks again for listening, and now back to your regularly scheduled
0: podcast.
1: what is up everybody welcome to the uncontested Post Game podcast edition i'm your host for tonight justin also joined by jacob say hi jacob hi i'm glad you didn't didn't do the corny hi jacob <laughs> anyway that's, uh, it's the prototypical
3: like white dad thing you have to do <laughs> and i'm white but i'm not a dad so i'm not doing it that's that's my shtick yeah there you go you're the white dad of the podcast justin congratulations thank you
1: uh OKC okay, overcomes a seven-point deficit in the final five minutes to beat the Phoenix Suns on the road, 111-107. to 107. Before we jump in, I want to let you know that we are proudly part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. If you don't already, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five-star rating or else uh, something bad will happen to you. I can't say what, but just trust me. Get you the can find us guts. <laughs> bubble guts. Uh, that that would not be good. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at the underscore uncontested and Facebook at the uncontested podcast. The Thunder have won eleven of their last twelve games on the road. They finish an absolutely brutal January schedule where they never had two days off in a row. Twelve and five. I'd love to get your initial thoughts Jacob uh on tonight but also just on the month that the Thunder survived as a whole. The month's impressive, man. Like this the the games in the month some of them
3: were difficult, but as far as like opposing teams records it, it, it wasn't a you know, a major uphill climb but just the the grind of the month has been wild. Like you said, They, I don't think they've yeah. had consecutive days off since
1: Christmas. They haven't. And it's uh, as a Thunder podcast that podcasts after every game. It's uh, been a grind for us. I have felt that. Yes, 100%. <laughs> they, uh, had, so. they had three different sets of back-to-backs in addition to, like you said, not having two nights off in a row. Uh, you also have to factor in Ferguson missed eight Of those 13 games. Yep. Uh, Adams missed three. Gallinari. Chris Paul Paul missed one. Chris Paul missed one. Gallinari missed two, three? Something like that, yeah. Something like that.
3: They've been rotating people in. I mean, man, they are now, what, six out of seven whenever their 20-year-old undrafted two-way player starts a basketball game. Um, It's been a grind. And so they definitely deserve this break. They do not... Tonight's Friday night. They don't play again until Wednesday night, the day before the trade deadline. Yep. Four days off. I imagine there's not going to be a whole lot of practice. They probably won't practice until maybe Monday or Tuesday. They're going to give these guys the entire weekend off. I would assume Chris Paul is leaving Phoenix and going straight back to Los Angeles with his family. Uh, They're going to cut these guys loose and give them some time just to relax their bodies because... The game tonight, to me, it just – you could see the tired legs tonight. You could see just the exhaustion. It, it just looked like – it looks like that final run of pickup when you've been out at the gym for, like, two hours, and then <laughs> everyone's just half-assing it and, like, nobody's really trying. Like, that's just kind of what it felt like tonight. It just looked like everyone was kind of gassed.
1: Listen, buddy, that's how my first run of pickup <laughs> looks, okay? As you said, I'm the white dad. <laughs> oh, Oh, so, man. Uh, Thoughts on the game tonight. You kind of hit on it a little bit, but let's say uh, if you had to sum it up in one word, what word would you choose to describe tonight?
3: Oh, my my word is mud. (laughs) It was a muddy (laughs) game. It just just felt dirty and bad and slow and ugly. Uh, I'm going with mud. What's your word?
1: I I like mud. I think mud is pretty accurate. Um, I will say... Wow. Um, one word makes it hard. It's like, what's in my head right now is like the baby that's so ugly, but you love it anyway.
0: <laughs> if yeah. I can
1: like hyphenate that and pretend that it's one word, because it's just, it feels like this is kind of what the thunder do these days. Yeah. A lot so, of so
3: here's a really, really bad analogy. And I feel like Let's this is it. like, this is my niche of the podcast. Okay. It's just <laughs> shitty analogies. Have you ever like, so, so you're the white dad of the podcast. You've probably done this before. (laughs) How many
1: times are we going to bring that up?
3: We're driving this point home (laughs) Okay. and you're doing house chores or whatever. And the worst house chore of all of the house chores is laundry. Like I would rather like scoop the dog poop and, and take care of the dishes and all that stuff before I do laundry. And so this (laughs) actually happened to me yesterday going into today. Last night I, I was like, all right, I got to get some laundry done. So I threw some laundry into the washing machine. I had some laundry in the dryer that needed to come out and get folded. I did the laundry in the washing machine and then I never took the stuff out of the dryer out. So then I fell asleep and I woke up this morning and the stuff that had spun through the wash was still in the wash. Like, and you know, it's like mildly damp and it's stuck uh, to the side of the washing machine. Smells and you're a like, little moldy. You're like, God damn it. Like I got to take care of this. And then so, but then I went to work, and so I didn't get taken care of till like after school today, after <laughs> I got home from from work. But it still got the job done, right? It it was bad, um, it it hung around for a while. It's just kind of stiff and stuck there. But the job got done, and, and the laundry is folded now and it's put away. That's kind of what this game was to me. That's it's solid. like you just leave the 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 laundry in the washer <laughs> for way too damn long. But you know what? It still got done. The game
1: still got one.
3: That's a really bad analogy, but that's, like it that, that's the best way it. I can put this game tonight.
1: So I, I, I kind of took some notes as I was watching the game of just like weird stats that kind of go along with that, of just like things that don't necessarily indicate a game that the Thunder should have won. So I'm going to kind of rattle through a few of these. Uh, the first one is the Thunder took... 10 more shots than the Suns in the first quarter, 29 versus 19. That's wild. Both teams made 11. Not an ideal start for the Thunder. Uh, They missed a lot of layups early. They missed a lot of layups. Uh, However, in addition to the easy layups, the Thunder also shot two of 10 from three point in the first quarter, two of eight from behind the arc in the second. And I didn't break it down by quarter for the second half, but three of 13 in the second half so you had four four of 18 in the first half and three of 13 in the second half not ideal shooting from behind the arc for the thunder it was bad uh i also have here that adams only played six first half minutes after picking up three quick fouls i think that was most evident watching deandre ayton Uh, Aiton had a pretty solid game. He didn't play the last time the Thunder and the Suns met and uh, He definitely made his presence felt tonight, but I think a lot of that had to do with Adams limited minutes and Then probably the worst stat of all for the Thunder the Thunder were up 10 77 to 67 with 445 left in the third quarter and they head to the fourth quarter down 81 to 79 uh, they're outscored. Uh, that is a 14-4 to run to end the quarter for the Suns. Uh, the Suns balloon their lead back up, as I mentioned at the top of the podcast, to seven with just under five minutes left. But somehow the Thunder pull out the victory. And I think, like you said, that's the important piece here tonight is it wasn't pretty, but Oklahoma City was able to find a way to win. Uh, none none – what am I saying? No bigger reason – That's what I'm looking for. Then Chris Paul. Chris Paul had three points at halftime. In the second half, he puts down 17. He finishes the night. 20 points overall. 7 of 16 from the floor. 2 of 6 from behind the arc. 4 of 4 from the stripe. 6 rebounds. 10 assists. 3 steals. Once again, I just thought Chris Paul found the right time to take over and really put the Thunder in position to win this game.
3: Yeah, he's really timely. And and like you said, they... The, the Phoenix Suns went on that run uh, and had that lead before this game got really ugly in like the last 30 seconds. The Thunder went on, I believe, their own 10-0 run or 13 run like or that. something yeah. like that to really take back command of this game. Yeah, Chris Paul, he's his timing as far as just making momentous plays is really, really impressive. Coach has mentioned this in the past, Coach Billy Donovan, that it's just he's got a knack for it he in the waning moments of this game when the thunder are really putting their foot on the throat and trying to finish this game out it's chris paul who comes up with this monster steal yeah. on kelly Ubre jr who had a massive game against the thunder tonight eight of 15 four of eight from three 27 points 27. on 15 shots and 11 rebounds and zero assists um
1: but, and he, but he immediately followed up that steal by hitting a mid-range jumper yeah. on the other end, which put OKC up, which I think is is big, too, because there was this game was so sloppy, like you said, that there was a lot of moments where it felt like a big turnover, but then the other team wouldn't turn that into points. Yeah, but I that, mean, that, that ju- just a little bit before
3: that, we had Lou Dort straight up strip Devin yeah. Booker uh, dribble down the court and then just turn it right back over. And you on know, the flip
1: side, you had Shea and Schroeder both with pretty inexplicable turnovers that I don't think either one of those turned into Suns points. Yes. So Chris Paul just he has that knack, man, and it's it's
3: from the experience, it's from the basketball IQ, it's from uh, just being a ten-time All Star. Yeah. It's from being a future Hall of Fame player.
1: Uh, that that's it's just kind of what he does. It's what he does. That's why. He is an all-star this year, and um, Suns fans tonight didn't seem to really care for that. Yeah, that was kind of (laughs) lame. It was weird. Uh, CP3, if you didn't watch the game, was booed every time he touched the ball from opening tip to final buzzer by Suns fans who were upset that he got the all-star nod over Booker, presumably.
3: And that's Chris's fault because he played good basketball because he's good at his job? Like, channeling your – like, it's stupid. You know what? Suns fans, you know what you should boo? Your ownership (laughs) for drafting DeAndre Ayton over Luka Doncic. If you want to direct some boos, there's a good place to start.
1: That's a good place and to finish. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So as is often the theme with this Thunder team, it wasn't just Chris Paul. You have to look at the other Thunder point guards of their magnificent three-point guard trio. Uh, Specifically tonight, Dennis Schroeder awesome game from schroeder 24 points eight of 19 shooting three of seven from three five of five from the stripe, four boards six assists two steals uh schroeder was important as always but i think the thing that stood out to me tonight was late in the game his defensive intensity and you actually hit on this on your post game pod the other night but for those who maybe didn't get to listen to that, kind of elaborate on a little bit of what you see from Schroeder's defense because I think it was it showed itself again tonight.
3: Yeah, he's Schroeder's never going to make an all-defensive team, right? He he doesn't right. have the size. He doesn't have the length. He doesn't have the impact. But the effort he puts in on that end, uh, he seems like he takes it personal. He seems like he he is aggressive with it. And that makes all the difference. You can make up for – It's the NBA. You know, it's the elite of the elite. So whenever people, whenever fans say, oh, he's not a good defender, he needs to try harder. There's a hell of a lot more to defense than trying hard in the NBA. And your pickup run out at your local YMCA, try hard will will allow you to play good defense. It's not the case in the NBA. But Schroeder does it so well that I think it does make a difference. And he played... Good down the stretch against Booker. I think he takes those types of matchups personally. I think he wants to prove a point. Schroeder, I I mentioned earlier that this game, just it was muddy. Uh, It was ugly. It felt like everyone was tired. It's the end of this massively long run of games in January. Schroeder really was that spark. There were times where I felt like he forced a little bit. That That's kind of Schroeder's nature, right? Yep, he kind of lives on sure. that edge, almost like like Russell Westbrook did. There's times I felt like he forced. He Times I felt like he was a little bit out of control. He ends the game with the most field goal attempts of anybody on the team. They don't win this game without Dennis Schroeder. He was pretty magnificent. His, his ability to force a switch in the pick and roll and then just attack the big and constantly get past them every time with that quick step and that duck of his head and the layup is really impressive. They don't win the game tonight without Schroeder. If I had to pick a player of the game tonight, it's definitely Dennis Schroeder.
1: I agree with you. He he had some huge layups. He was getting to the rim in the second half when that was not always easy to come by for the Thunder tonight. Something interesting that uh, I picked up on, uh, I think they mentioned it on the broadcast as well, but specifically saw it more so in the first half, but the Suns were doing something kind of unique on defense. They would start the shot clock playing zone defense and then late in the shot clock, they would switch to a man defense and it really, really seemed to befuddle Oklahoma city in pretty large stretches throughout the first half. I think it contributed to them settling for long threes a lot. And as I mentioned, uh, their three point shooting, uh, not ideal and I think that was that really played right into the Suns' game plan. But I think in the second half, you started seeing them being more intentional about driving to the basket, not just taking the open shot because the Suns were playing zone, but really trying to get to the basket and get a good shot uh, closer to the rim on a night when the deeper shots were not falling.
3: Yeah, I agree that that defense did mess them up, especially the first half. The Thunder run to love to run that out of bounds play. Uh, on yeah. the baseline where they get Schroeder curling off the screen, catching the ball on the move and elevating uh, kind of from the baseline about mid range. And they they whenever the Thunder were inbounding, it was very clearly like identifiable that the Phoenix Suns had gone into that zone because DeAndre Ayton was nowhere near Steven Adams. He was sunk down into the lane protecting the rim and it ended up being a turnover and you could just tell uh the the next possession down i think billy donovan called a timeout halfway through the offensive possession yep because the 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 thunder just couldn't figure it out right that the guys on the court just they they couldn't crack the code yep and And that's
1: happened a few times with the thunder especially facing a zone defense we saw it a little bit against the heat and that that Seems to be a a little bit of a a pain point for them. Yeah,
3: and that's interesting because this is a team that runs three point guard lineups a ton. And to beat a zone, you get into the heart of the defense. You get into the lane as that all five defenders are following the ball rather than the man. If the ball gets in the center of the lane, the entire defense collapses in on itself and then you have kickouts to wide open people, and you can kick out and then drive off that kickout. You can kick out and shoot. So you'd think with the three point guard lineup, they would annihilate zones. That—that's yeah, the whole idea. Right. And and it hasn't happened in the in the instances they've gone up against that zone so far. So I'm sure that's something they'll they'll look at uh, on film and talk about and and try to uh, explore a little bit moving forward.
1: The last guy I want to touch on, I feel like. Uh, I can't believe we've made it 17 minutes without talking about Lou Dort. Uh, Lou Tang! This is a massively pro Lou podcast. Yes. (laughs) Uh, Shout out Lou Tang Clan. Go buy a Lou Tang Clan shirt at designtree.com slash bluewiremedia if you have not already. Lou Dort uh, continues to draw some of the toughest assignments in the NBA night in and night out tonight he added to his resume with Devin Booker not only
3: a Devin Booker a Devin Booker recently off an all-star snub who was probably pretty upset highly motivated
1: yes what's crazy to me you look at the box score Booker had 27 points but that doesn't really tell the whole story he got a lot of uh points at the free throw line very late in the game when the game was essentially over he played a very rough second half uh, Dort, I thought, did a great job. Booker's still an excellent shooter and got a lot of uh, good points up in the first half over uh, tight defense from Dort, but there was a few moments that I think really kind of showed Dort's strengths. Late in the second half, Dort was keeping Booker from fighting over a screen, and Booker just kind of shoved Dort and got called for an offensive foul. Yep, That kind of level of craftiness for a young rookie, I think, uh, says a lot about how Dort's really locked into the fundamentals just at a level that you don't always see from rookies and especially undrafted rookies.
3: Agreed. There was a play for me in the first half, I think of the first quarter, where Devin Booker was trying to, he he had the ball, live dribble, came off a screen. Lou got past the screen, stayed in front of him. Booker kind of tried to hit him with a hesitation and go right and and Dort read it all the way and slid his feet with him uh, to cut off the driving lane and and Booker had to pull the ball back out and ended up taking a contested jumper. Booker had it had a great night you know by like you said but the box score by all indications 9 of 18 from the field 27 points 5 assists like a very efficient night. Yep. It's okay for an offensive player like Devin Booker to have a good night and to still be able to say somebody played good defense on them. Exactly. Lou blows my mind almost every game with how thick and how like sturdy he is, but <laughs> thick still with two C's. Yeah, f- five C's. <laughs> but he's still able to slip over the top of screens and keep his body between the ball and the rim. While getting through a screen, he doesn't run over the top of screens. He fights through like his man and the screen. Uh, that's something like you don't see guys yeah. like, like Shay and homie do Shay For and sure. homie trail on the backside of the screen. His ability to get through those and stay connected to his man. It's Terrence Ferguson. Like, and I think that's maybe Terrence Ferguson's best quality on a basketball court is his mm-hmm. ability to defend through screens. And Lou is doing it at an incredible rate at 20 years old as a rookie uh, that just that bodes really well for me. To to me, that just says like this: this kid knows what the hell he's doing.
1: It's it, he's been awesome, and I think the fact it just it starts to feel like one of those kind of prestige gyms that he just uncovered and kind of saw something that maybe nobody else saw or didn't see at the level that he did. And I don't want to jump the gun too much. Like he started six games. Let's pump the brakes. But I'm also not going to go like full. Boomer Barry Tramel on you either and say that like we can't enjoy this because it's fun It's awesome to see a guy like Lou Dort having su- Success and I think just seeing the way the Thunder play him kind of show you how they feel about him He played the entire first quarter Because Devin Booker played the entire first quarter and he spent the first 12 minutes just solely glued on Devin Booker That doesn't happen to a guy that the Thunder don't believe him. And I think that kind of just shows like the level of trust that they have in him already to continue to draw those kind of assignments. And so far, I think he's done a good enough job that he's going to continue to get them moving forward.
3: Definitely. And he chips in eight points tonight on eight field goal attempts, which is not bad. You know, he's three of eight from the field, one of three from three, uh, his, his offensive game. It seems like he's getting more confident and comfortable with it. Yep. And he's got, a long ways to go as far as building those offensive skills, but I'll tell you what his his jump shot's not broke. Like yeah. it, it looks a hell of a <laughs> lot better than Hamadou Diallo's jump right. shot. You That's know?
1: exactly what I was just thinking. It's fascinating. Uh, Dort twenty seven minutes tonight. Diallo eleven. Nader At- eleven. Burton DMP. Mescal DMP. Uh, it's it's interesting to see how that kind of shakes out now versus how it did at the beginning of the year
3: is is it too much to say with such a small sample size that i already think Lude Dort is a better player than Hamadou Diallo <sighs>
1: uh it might be going a little too far but i would also be hard pressed to disagree with you
3: it, would you at least give me that Lou Dort has a much higher basketball IQ than Hamadou Diallo
1: yeah I think so, and I think he, he probably has a higher ceiling, too, Yes, just thinking just long-term.
3: Diallo had a really bad game tonight. Yep. It was like he, 11 minutes, zero of three from the field, four fouls in 11 minutes, uh, a minus two, two rebounds. He just he wasn't good. He, he drives to the rim with like—we used to make fun of Nader for every time he drives <laughs> to the rim, you don't know right. what the hell's going to happen. It's just like a yep. crapshoot. That's kind of Diallo, right? It's it. Yep. It just Diallo has a little more force with it because he's so athletic. I Diallo did not look good tonight.
1: It was that was a, another interesting part of the game. Diallo, Nader, and Baisley all had pretty rough nights. Uh, the three of them combined two points. Those two points coming from Abdul Nader, and they really came as part of some weird lineups that I think kind of made them look worse than normal also there are two lineups in particular that i kind of noted one schroeder dort Basley, nader noel the second one schroeder diallo Basley, nader and adams those are such strange lineups to me i don't know how much of that was due to foul issues or i i i I was just kind of befuddled by what Billy Donovan was doing with each of those two lineups because it just didn't feel like there was enough playmaking and offensive reliability with either of those groups.
3: Yeah, and and again, trying to get some guys some rest. It's the end yeah. of a long month. Uh, we did have some foul issues. Uh, you have guys out with injury uh, all that kind of stuff all all factors in here. Uh, can I s- say something real quick though we are how far twenty five minutes into this podcast we're probably gonna take some Twitter questions and wrap this thing up real quick. We're talking about a th- uh, an impressive thunder win on the road. Uh, and we have neglected for twenty five minutes to mention the guy who shot over fifty percent from the field <laughs> uh, eight of nine from the free throw line and had a team and is it a game high? tied for game high team high twenty seven points. Yeah. That would be the Italian Danilo Gallinari.
2: He
1: was awesome, uh, specifically in the second half. Yeah. I thought he came out and looked aggressive. I didn't realize he was get-go. only one
3: of six from three.
1: Yeah, that was probably that's like the one knock that you could give him for sure. Yeah, but uh, but
3: again, he had Kelly Oubre Jr. guarding him, and he just gave that kid a like the the back to our white dad. He was the white dad at the <laughs> Y in the post with like the the junior <laughs> high kid on. him. mean he just cooked his ass all night yeah. in the post, you know. Kelly Oubre didn't stand a
1: chance. Yeah. What what's impressive when I look at his 9 of 17 from the floor. He started 2 of 6 and he started 0 of 3 which from 3 which that that part didn't get better. But to start 2 of 6 and then to end 9 of 17, that means after the, you know, the first few minutes of the game, he shot uh 7 of 11, which is even more impressive yeah I think my favorite Gallo play tonight
3: was in the second half early on in the second half uh he gets a run out and, and someone outlet passes to him and he catches and turns right at the face of the rim and instead of just going up for an easy layup or a dunk and we've seen him throw some down this year he mm-hmm. does this pump fake, lets the first guy go by, and then goes up and fades back off one leg and yes. floats the second one in and gets the foul. And the the Suns players were just so pissed off. I thought uh, the
1: second one was going to get swatted.
3: Yeah, so did I. <laughs> uh, it, it, was, it, was, it was impressive. It was impressive. It was awesome.
1: Yeah, he, he was incredible. And I think you hit the nail on the head. The fact that we could talk about so many other guys tonight in this game, but he's just... He's a walking bucket, and the efficiency at which he scores, I think, makes it so easy to overlook. And I think yeah. that not just on this team, but that's kind of been his career. He's like he's been such an overlooked player, but he's really good. Yeah,
3: his scoring, uh, in an essence, reminds me of Kevin Durant, and just that it's so fluid and it's not loud.
1: Yeah, you know, you blink, it, you blink, and he has twenty-seven points.
3: Yeah, and 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 you just kind of forget about it. You know, yep. it just it just kind of happens in the in the run of play. It's pretty impressive.
1: Very. Uh, Like you mentioned, we have a lot of Twitter questions. We always ask. You guys always deliver. Thank you so much. Uh, If you haven't ever sent a Twitter question in before, go do that. We love to hear from you. Uh, Your questions are awesome. We love answering them. I think we have no other place to start than with this first question from at Zowific, who asks, are we all agreed that Gallo's new nickname is Blue Steel? This is in reference to something that Zawific, uh pointed out to me right before the game started tonight, and that's that Gallo uh, is actually a former Armani model. Uh, is he really? So the Thunder go from Russell Westbrook modeling for uh, Balenciaga to now they have Gallinari who modeled for Armani. Uh, I, I tweeted some pictures. They are incredible. Uh, so, yes, I'm on board with referring to him as Blue Steel. Hey, now I'm good on. with it. I tweeted today. I guess I hadn't realized throughout the season. When he was at the free throw tonight. I was like, this guy's kind of buff. Right? Like, yeah. he's got those veins popping out of those biceps. <laughs> it's kind of impressive. <laughs> he, hey, he might be a little cross-eyed, but he's jacked.
3: <laughs> I love the many faces of Danilo Gallinari. <laughs>
1: so good. They're almost as good as his, like, weird post-game animations. That he oh, tweets. I love them. They're so good. I love them. Um, switching gears on a more serious note, we got a question tonight from our own Nick crane at crane NBA who asked how many first round picks would you be willing to give up for Devin Booker?
3: Oh, this is an interesting one. Not all first picks are made equal, man. This is true. So it's like, which picks are we talking about? Are we talking about <laughs> the 2020 Denver first? Cause yeah. Are we talking about that 2024 Denver? Houston Rockets first or that twenty twenty six Houston Rockets first. I gotta tell you, those Rockets picks that the Thunder got are top four protected. Yeah. And if the Rockets get them because they fall one through four, then it just turns into two seconds for the Thunder. And mm-hmm. I'm kind of worried about those picks. <laughs> because the Rockets yeah. might not might have a different coach next it, year. They might have sure. a different GM next year. They have all, all their assets are gone. Their owner is proving to be one of the worst owners in the league. Uh, their stars are aging superstars. Uh, they're the oldest team in the league, I think. Yep. Um, not looking good for Houston. No, but back to the original question. For Devin Booker, I mean, the Thunder have so many future picks. I wouldn't give up any of your own. I wouldn't give up any of those uh, those rocket picks. So, I don't know. If you could salary match plus... Four picks I'd do it
1: I think I'd do that too
3: I don't know if I want to go over four though
1: I might go five honestly he is only twenty three right that's the that's thing. encouraging
3: he yep. is only twenty three he's been very efficient this year um so that makes it interesting uh i I, I think four is probably my limit that's fair you know uh, and and I mean I did back in the summer I did a very deep dive into like. Your percentage chance of what type of player you will get, uh, with what level of draft pick, yeah, whether it be right. a, a lottery pick, a top five pick, and out of the lottery pick, Devin Booker was pick thirteen because the Thunder had picked fourteen and got Cameron right. Payne, right. Uh, <laughs> which sucks. Wah, wah. Sucks in hindsight, um, you know. And, and Devin Booker technically hasn't been an All Star yet. Uh, he probably should have been this year, but. You know, with with that many picks, you're bound to to find yourself a Devin Booker in the draft. You know, Uh, and instead of getting him for four years until his contract's up, you get them throughout their entire rookie deal plus their their first deal after their rookie deal whenever they're restricted free agent. So there's a lot to play with there.
1: That's what she said.
3: Uh, Thank you. So since since you mentioned that's why uh, you're the white dad.
1: (laughs) Since you mentioned the All Star factor. We also had a question from at Austin T 78 who asked, does OKC have an all-star next year? Which I think is a really interesting question.
3: Oh yeah. I don't know. You, you, you answer first on this one. You got, did they have an all-star next year?
1: I'm going to say no. And the reason, uh, one of the reasons is just think about the guys that didn't make all-star this year. A uh, guy like Paul George, who's missed a lot of time due to injury, uh, I think there was a lot of people that were probably should have been in that all-star conversation had they been healthy or had circumstances been different. And I'd imagine that those people are probably in the conversation next year. So the the list of people that are true all-star contenders probably gets a little shorter next year.
3: Yeah, I think that's fair.
1: Um, Chris Paul
3: might not be on this team next year. This team could yep. be a lot worse next year. Shea Gilders- I don't think Chris
1: Paul, this year's Chris Paul is an all-star next year.
3: Yeah, uh, Shea Gilgis Gildress- Alexander will be better next year uh I don't think he will make the all-star game next year there we we never know he could I hope he does god I hope he does um but but <laughs> keep there, that street going I mean next year you also have Ja and you also have Zion yeah, that's a good you know? point too and and you have the, these guys so it's it's going to be not difficult. only
1: yeah not only are the old guys going to be more in the mix but some of those younger guys are going to yeah. force their the, way the, into the, the conversation the pool is too. just going to be much bigger yep that's a great point Next question at Clark Matthews, the thunder finally going to get a real opportunity to rest, but considering how well they played, will this four day break ruin their momentum?
3: That's a good question. I personally, I don't think so. I I think this team, uh, I don't really think they're a rhythm team, right? Like I don't think that Mm. they're a team. Like I look at no rhythm tonight. Yeah. I look at, (laughs) at the team like last year around this time, uh, whenever they were like really, really hot, yeah, that team needed to keep playing because they were in a shooting rhythm and they just kind of had a flow to them. I think this team just plays differently. They play smart. They move the ball. They defend every night. Uh, and, and I don't think you have to be in a rhythm to do those things. I think those things yep. are kind of ingrained in their culture now. And that's just how they play basketball. I don't think that's how they played basketball in the past with Russell Westbrook and Paul George.
1: Yeah, that's a, I think that's a great point. It's interesting. It made me think of last year and how well the Thunder were playing heading into All-Star break and then what they've looked like coming out of All-Star break. And what I think maybe is most concerning is the timing of this four-day break coming shortly before All-Star break. So yeah. they're they're going to get a four-day break. They're going to play a few games. The trade, de- trade deadline's in there, and who knows? Some guys might get moved, the roster might get shaken up, then you have the all-star break, and you're gonna have another, you know, five, six days off. That is a lot to process all at once. I don't think the four days just in and of itself is gonna do it, but it's kind of all three of those things together that I think there could be a potential to kind of mess things up. It's but a little to your point, jerky, some stop and go there. But to your point, uh I don't think I don't think this year's team will be as affected by it as last year's team was next question at grubs damien asked do you think with the sun seeing schroeder and gallo play in this game they try to be more aggressive in trading for one or both of them i thought this was an interesting question um i think schroeder would be a nice fit on this team uh rubio has been playing okay this year, but I think I think Schroeder would be an instant upgrade over Ricky Rubio on this team.
3: Uh, I agree. Uh, I mean, Ricky Rubio has a different skill set for sure. Yeah, um, but I, I think Schroeder would be interesting. And I've always thought that that Danilo Gallinari. You know, a lot of people have talked about Kevin Love as a Phoenix Suns possibility to to get them on this push to to maybe try to make the playoffs. I Think Gallo fits that team a little bit better. You saw tonight they played Kelly Oubre at the four. They need a little yeah. more size there, um, and you, Danilo Gallinari provides that. You know, if you have Danilo Gallinari spacing out for Devin Booker, uh, that becomes pretty dangerous. Uh, Devin, or, sorry, not Devin Booker. Uh, Ricky Rubio under contract this season, next season, and the following season. So he's got two more years after this one at seventeen next year, and then seventeen point eight the year after. So, if you wanted to do some sort of um, swap with them; it would have to be like a Dennis Schroeder plus a Abdul Nader plus a Deontay Burton for Ricky Rubio. Uh, the yeah. Thunder would probably, since the Thunder are taking back uh, an extra year of salary, there uh, probably demand a first-round pick as well. Yeah, yeah,
1: I think that I think that's fair. It'll be interesting. Uh, you know, I, I hear. GMs are talking these days, so who knows what will happen. Hey, I mean, when GMs <laughs> talk, you know, that, that's a rare occasion. Uh, <laughs> one more question from at Ricardo0590. What is your new over-under for Thunder wins? The Thunder tonight got their 30th win on the season, 10 games over five hundred at 30 and 20. Uh, a lot of places had their over-under to start the season at right around 30. So now with, uh, 32 games to go, what do you put the thunders over under window?
3: That's a great question. Yeah. The, the preseason over under from Westgate was 31 and a half. Mm-hmm. The thunder are going to be at 31 they they I think they're going to beat the Cavs next week on Wednesday. They're going to be at 31 by the trade deadline. Uh, that's insane. Just, I just pulled up the schedule. So just to look at the schedule, uh, really fast. Um, I know we've kind of gone, uh, a little bit of extra time on this one, Justin, yep. uh, but let's thought experiment this, uh, really, really quickly here. So the schedule, Cleveland, Detroit, Boston, San Antonio, new Orleans. Those are the five games before the trade deadline or sorry, but before the, the all-star break Cleveland, uh, home against Cleveland, Detroit, Boston, San Antonio on the road against new Orleans. What's their record in those five?
1: I mean, reasonably four and one. Okay. I was
3: going to go three and two.
1: Yeah. I think three and two, four and one, something like that. Okay. Let's
3: say three and two. Then they come back the rest of February, uh, home against Denver, home against San Antonio, the road against Chicago, home against Sacramento road against Milwaukee.
1: Is that five games? Yes.
3: Denver, San Antonio at Chai, Sacramento at Milwaukee. I
1: think that could be another three and two stretch, maybe two and three. I'm gonna go two and three. So let's say five and five right there. Is yep. that is that fair? Five and five? That's, absolutely.
3: Okay. Then let's look up March. The next five are Clippers at Detroit, at New York, at Boston, Utah. I'm gonna go two and three there. Two and three. So we're at seven and eight. Yep. Seven and eight. The next five Minnesota. At Washington. At Memphis. At Atlanta. Denver. Oh, uh, man. That. Minnesota. Could, that at could Washington. Be four and one. Yeah, I'm thinking four and one as well. So, we had them at seven and eight. That would put them at 11 and nine. So, yep. we're at 41 wins there. <laughs> Jeez. Okay, the next five. <laughs> Miami. At Miami. Chicago. At Golden State. At Denver. Sorry, no, that wasn't Chicago. That was Charlotte. At Miami. Charlotte. At Golden State. At Denver. Home against Phoenix. Three and two again. Three and two. So that we had them at eleven wins. Now they're at they're at fourteen. So that's at forty four wins. Yep. April at Clippers at Lakers. Well, let's count both of those as losses. <laughs> then they go to the opposite side of the country to or no they they come home. Sorry to play the, yep. the teams from New York, Brooklyn, and the Knicks. Let's count both those as wins. Yep. So that puts them at. 44 wins and then they're memphis utah dallas 45 wins yeah put them we'll, we'll put them in the 43 to 46 win range that's crazy they were projected <laughs> to win 31 this year we're, we're gonna and and this question is much easily answered uh a week from today
1: for sure that's exactly what I was going to say. Is you know we're we're talking next-
3: all this bullshit, and then Dennis Schroeder and Gallo <laughs> aren't going to be on this team in a week or something, and it's going yeah. to completely change the outlook, right? If, if if the team stays as currently constructed, and maybe there's a move in the margins, uh, I think 44 wins is realistic.
1: Yeah, absolutely. How many and games did they win last insane. year? Insane, 49,
3: 48, something like that. It's crazy. So they're going to lose four less games, uh, but have
1: all the 15 more draft
3: picks. I would trade insane. I think every GM in the league would trade four (laughs) wins for 15 draft picks. I, I don't know.
1: Uh, the Knicks are pretty dumb. Yeah. Who knows? But, but it's crazy. You look at where the thunder are and where they, they fall right now. They are, they're tied. They're zero games back though. The Mavericks have a slight edge in the Western conference standings of that six seed. The the Mavericks lost to the Houston Rockets tonight without Luka Doncic, and before the game, Rick Carlisle mentioned that Doncic will miss six games with that ankle injury. I think so that they takes lost them to tonight. the
3: to the All Star break.
1: Yeah, so the next five, and the Thunder are currently they're tied. They they've played two more games than the Mavericks, uh, but they are they're they're right there. So there's a real distinct possibility that the Thunder can not not only make up ground against the Mavericks, but kind of get a little cushion, potentially. It's interesting. Fascinating. Not a place that I thought this team would be. Same. 100%. All right, Justin, you ready to get out of here? I am so ready. Uh, it's late. Thank you guys for tuning in. Thank you guys for hanging out with us during the game, giving us questions, tweeting, interacting with us. We appreciate it. You make it fun. Uh, always good stuff. I'm Justin. I'm on Twitter at OKC Tracker. Here with Jacob tonight on Twitter at. Uh, what is your at these days? Just at Jacob Niffin. K N I F F E N. Keeping it simple. Keeping it simple. At Jacob Niffin. We are on Twitter at the underscore uncontested. If you're new, we do a podcast like this, usually a little shorter after every game. This was a special bonus episode tonight. Uh, we also do a weekly group podcast that's a little longer, dives into some bigger things. That it drops in your feeds every Monday morning. So if you're into that, go subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a five star review. We would greatly appreciate it. Uh, we are signing out for tonight as the Thunder beat the Phoenix Suns one eleven to one oh seven.